I don't, I, I've learned that I don't give other people as much grace as I say to. And I also don't allow, it's because I don't allow myself that grace. Right. And so it's like, hey, Wesley, you need to give yourself grace. So that way you can give grace to others. But I'm incredibly hard on myself. And I would say just about 98% of my life. Yeah. And like, yeah. I, that's, I that's the performer in you. That's the artist. Oh in my you. God. Yeah. It's yeah. infuriating. Yeah. It's absolutely it. infuriating. Welcome back to another episode of Two Guys Talking Shit. I am Jim Spangler. And I am Wesley Anthony Clerget. Woohoo! Beautiful, and beautiful to be back. Yeah, it is. I believe we're in episode five, right? Like, yeah, episode five count, now. If I've done my counting correctly, which, you know, I'm, I'm in my 50s, that sometimes is difficult. I've only got till six. I've only really got till six, so after that, we're it's downhill for me. It's downhill from there. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, you get to you get to double digits with double digits with me, and I'm like, whoa, hey, that's getting pretty complicated. <laughs> totally. So I'm gonna be honest with you, Wesley. Like I'm not always honest, honest with you as I adjust my microphone here. I almost canceled this evening. Really? Why? I did. Why? If you I don't mind me asking. No, that's exactly why. That's why I'm bringing it up. Um, because so you know, last week Janine was really sick. Uh, Janine is my daughter. For those of nobody knows that that's listening, but Janine is my daughter, and she was really sick, and she was in the hospital from Friday night till Wednesday morning. Um, and I Jeez. kind of feel like I've lost a week. She's fine. She's doing much better. She went to school today. She's she's fine. And she's going to be fine. So, um, but uh, I feel like I had lost a week. Like a week is just gone. And so, because of the way, because of that happening, I kind of feel like things are piling up. Right. Mm, and and my yeah. go to when that happens, because you know, I have high anxiety, my mm -hmm. go to is to just start canceling things, just to start, just be like, I, I can't. I can't do this, right? Yeah. Which is really the wrong solution, uh, at least for me. Because what I need to do is I need to do – I need normalcy. I need my schedule to be what it is, right? Ah, okay. I see. But it, yeah, but it's really easy for me to feel overwhelmed, even if I'm not, to feel overwhelmed and then start just saying, oh, I can't do it tonight. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, and and the same thing will happen tomorrow night. So I'm taking tap dance lessons, which I love. Great, but I wish I could tap. I would yeah. break both my ankles. But also, I'm so glad that you're it's doing so it. Cool. Honestly, yeah, it's so much fun. Um, we can talk about that offline if you want to know where I'm taking yeah. because well, it's awesome. Yeah, uh, but um, you know, I'll feel that way again tomorrow, and I'll go, I'll go, and I'll be fine. Uh, it's just. It's just that gremlin in your head, right? Yeah, that tells you that so much is going on, you know? And That's like it. you start immediately feeling overwhelmed by just even monotonous things. Just like yeah. getting up in the morning seems like a challenge. It's a challenge. And, and you know, um, I've shared this before. I, I take antidepressants and I have had high anxiety in, uh, in my life. I still do. Um, 
but uh you know the thing is is that i'm trying very hard not to listen to that voice anymore because that voice is not helpful no no no, it, no, no, it no, is no. not helping Absolutely. me it is uh doing nothing but bad things and so um it's really easy to listen to it but i'm like nope i i can't i have to i have to push forward because honestly wesley i love our hour together i love it i look forward to it yeah i look forward to it it's it's i was even talking to my family about it and i was like it's just great conversation like with someone who i know i care about and like that's that's one thing that i really enjoy about our dynamic is it's like no 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 no. i know if like something happens jim genuinely cares about me as a person and like absolutely that's that's why when you told me about about your daughter you know and i was like hey man like i get it family is 100 percent the most important thing so yeah i was like let me know like if if you just need me to write an email like hey man i like I got your back, you know? I appreciate that. I appreciate but that. And it was nice. I get it, man. Just, you know, when people responded um, in a supportive way instead of, oh, I'm sorry, you know, just, hey, what can I do for you? Do you need anything? Do you, you know? And that was great. And then you checked back in, which was amazing. Um, you know, well, yeah, my, I haven't my, heard brother, you. <laughs> my brother didn't even check back in. So, uh, you know. No, and I think it's, I, I think um, one of the things I've, learned actually a lot from our conversations is it's hard sometimes to offer that grace right sometimes it's really hard to to reach out and and offer that what we all deserve right i mean they nailed a guy to the cross for it well (laughs) we have different we have different opinions of that so maybe maybe we don't go down that road tonight Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's not tonight's not the night. Um, no. <laughs> that came out faster than I thought. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. And, and you know, I it's it's what you believe in. It's what you it's it's your faith and it's your you know, I don't have any problem with that at all. Not at all. Oh, I'm sorry. So, Please continue. No, no, you don't have to be sorry at all. Um, but uh, so yeah, so it's hard to offer that grace and sometimes um, and to give that grace and especially hard to yourself. It's really hard. Yeah, that's the hardest. That's the hardest person to give grace. Yeah, to. because I think sometimes we don't like we all know what our own expectations are and what we are capable of. Right, and when we don't hit those expectations sometimes it's you know you you yeah. you get into this point where you're like man i know i can do so much better like i should be doing better things along those lines and you start beating yourself up and that's never productive for anybody for anybody no and and it's you know part of that i think is our society i think oh, yeah. we yeah, yeah, yeah. um if you look at the media and what's presented in the media and what's you know all of that it's it's hard it's hard i you know i feel terrible for young women that have to try to have a positive body image because yeah. nothing they see on television <laughs> or in the movies or in magazines or anything is about positive body image and and that's hard that's all very hard. It's, you know, society makes that difficult. Society makes that difficult for men. That's exactly the point I was going to bring up as well, yeah, too. Like, it's hard it's for men. Both, 
I think it's both sides of the coin, really. Like they say, you know, like on all these like Twitch streams or YouTube or whatever, they're like, oh, well, a high value man has to be this, this and this. And it's like, yeah. why are you already setting expectations of what it means to be this thing? You know what I mean? Right. Like it's already right. hard enough existing in the world. Like I have three older sisters. I'm so I'm the youngest of five. I have three older sisters and an older brother. So I've got like kind of a gist of, especially my sisters who talk a lot, who I love very dearly, but like they've let me know about their perspective being a black woman in America. Yeah, and there are absolutely. things that I have, I would never even think about, like as a black man that I would never even cross my mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, it's, I, I think it's just, it's difficult because we exist especially in our society, in the Western society, you exist so much as an individual and not as a collective. Yeah, it's true. And that, and, and I think, um, I, we originally were a collective. Yes. We originally back in, back in the day, not my day, <laughs> long before my day. Well, not long before my day, but before my day, <laughs> long, long before your day, <laughs> <laughs> we were a collective, right? It was much more a collective. Um, yeah. And if you look at the indigenous peoples that have not really been affected by technology and current present day things, you can see they are a collective. They are a village that works together, cares for each other. And, and um, you know, even if they don't, even if they have a problem with somebody in their group, they face it head on. Yeah. And, yeah. but it doesn't prevent them from helping, providing, uh, you know, doing what needs to be done to get by. And we have lost that because it's not as necessary anymore. Right. I, I don't yeah. need Wesley. No offense. I don't need you for food. No, look, none, none taken, but you're I right. Don't need, I don't need you to help me get food. Um, and, you know, and the sad thing I think is that there are people that do need that help, right? Yeah. That do need that assistance. And we as a, as a people, um, as humans, have really gone away from that um, and does not, uh, you know, tend to forget what that's about so yeah i mean it's it's a uh, it's difficult i think go ahead finish what you're gonna say no i i think it's just uh it's it's very interesting i think to to see how society has changed because when a community of people build each other up the community grows and the people grow individually and you see it over a longer span of time where it's like, Oh wow, this has grown and gotten better and better and better. Yes. Yes. And we've just completely moved away from that where it's like, why am I trying to fight my neighbor? You know? Yeah. I, you know, and, and I don't care what my neighbor's doing in their house. That's none of my business. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. I, you know, that's, that's, you know, as long as they're not killing anybody and not doing anything that, you know, like that, then I really, it's none of my business. I, and, I agree. And, um, you know, we have, be, I think because we are more and more and more isolated uh, and technology has done nothing to help that, we, ha we are even more isolated 
um, now. And you might, you know, there are people out there that might say, yeah, but we talked on social media. We, I can follow my friends on social media now that I haven't been able to talk to in forever. And, and I'm like, really? Do you really? And are you really talking? Are, Are you really having conversations? Like, you know, real conversations, not, yeah. not, Hey, I'm on the beach. I love yeah. that. I love the beach. Right. Yeah. Are you really having those conversations? And, and I say, no, I say, I, no, I 100% though social media and the advantages of the internet and everything along those lines made the world globally more connected, but it made the individual less connected. That's exactly right. Well, think about it. I work from home. Now, I work 100% remote. I work in this office for my job. Wow. So, you know, whereas I, when I was teaching, obviously I went in every day. And when I, all my other jobs, I went in every other day. And when the pandemic hit, I went in a couple of days, you know, uh, so, and, and I am not the exception. No, 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 absolutely I'm the not. Rule. Yeah. Right, I'm the rule now where people are um, doing this more. And and so it's just, you know, uh, you know, this all started off with talking about grace and giving each other grace, but giving yourself grace. And when you are by yourself and you are disconnected and all you see are images of perfection, not only in physical form but presented in emotional form we always see people with a good emotional health right and even if they're even if they're the you know they're falling apart it always ends always ends good at the end yeah right you know and and it's hard when you look at your life and you're living your life and you go why that's not happening to me that's not that's not me and that's what I struggle with liking social media because I feel like it doesn't paint a realistic picture of reality. It doesn't at all. It, it doesn't at all. And, and don't get me wrong. I love scrolling through Instagram. I love oh, yeah. scrolling through TikTok. It's very entertaining. Um, and sometimes I learn stuff, and but it's not about connection. No, 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 no. And that's what I think I like. We've surpassed superficial conversations. Yeah. Like – our conversations are about, no, man, how do we handle life? Like that's, and I think that there needs to be more of those conversations because that's not something people talk about. Like I just found out what the hell an HOA is like, or what HOA fees are. Didn't know. First off, it's bullshit. Just want to say that for all of you out there that know what an HOA is. And my dumbass didn't know why you deal with them beats me. I get rid of all of them. How did you – what made you find out about a – for those of you that don't know, an HOA is a homeowners association. Um, How did you – how did you find out I truly don't know how I've gone 28 years of my life without – like I've heard about it in HOA, but I just thought it was just a fee associated with a house. There are fees, plural, that these – it's a bunch of scammers is what it is. Like <laughs> for all those snickering Susans out there who run are head of the HOAs, because you know there's a bitch out there named Susan running the HOA. <laughs> I'm 
to, I got so mad about this. I was so mad. Because I said, how can you tell me what to do with my house? Thank you very much. And and I I do know the history of HOAs because I was a part of an HOA, unfortunately, with my previous house um, in Indianapolis. The history is that it was to keep home prices up. But it was also to segregate. Let us not fool let's not fool each other. That makes sense. It was about if our homeowners fees are enough, certain people won't be able to move in. Yeah, that's more on par for America. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's, totally. That I believe. Totally. Why I mean, why else? I, I'm like what yes, I want my neighbor's yards to look nice, but I'm the dandelion guy. Like I'm the guy that doesn't care if my yard has dandelions in it. I think also, dandelions are great. I think they're pretty. Yeah. Right? They're yellow. They're bright. They're happy. I, I, I like them. But, you know, my neighbors probably don't like them too much that want to keep their grass <sighs> grass nice and green. <laughs> but Look, I'm all for like a nice lawn and like lawn maintenance and all of that. But the the moment you get to decide whether or not I can put up a fence, it's fisticuffs. We're out. Like – yeah. We're done. That's ridiculous to me. Yeah, yeah. That's no, and that's exactly the way it is. Um, you know, they they decide. And if you do something, if if you do something that is against their rules, and they call you on it, they have the legal right to make Which you change whatever it is. Yeah, you're yeah. involving the law with whether or not I want a pool in my backyard. Yeah, like it's nuts. that's insane it's nuts. to me. And like, I agree. I also, uh, I just. It bothers me so much because it's like I'm learning all of these things when I wish like this is what they taught me in like middle school and high school. Like I just I wish I had one teacher being like, this is how you do taxes as like in yes. different ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whether it's as an independent contractor or you work for an organization. Like the reason I know so much about stocks is because I had a math teacher in the seventh grade. Um, shout out to you, Mr. Kohler. You were a real one, honestly. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Kohler. Woohoo! Honestly, really taught us about stocks in the seventh grade. And now I understand like how the stock market and economics work at a much higher level. Yeah. And you also understand that the stock market does not necessarily represent no. the shape that our economy is in. <laughs> First off, not at all. Why yeah. we use that as a metric yeah. is a terrible way of viewing how our economy is actually. That's, that's economics. Yeah, that's a terrible yeah, way bad. to like view how how's the country's doing. Do not use that. that no. S&P 500. No, don't use them. No, you can't that is, use that. <laughs> that's not use the it. way to and, do it. Right, because it has nothing to do with our economy, honestly. It no. It really is just how are these things performing? Yeah, and it's how do we keep a business afloat, and how do we get funding for our business, and how, you know, and in some cases when you start getting huge like Apple and Walmart and you know Microsoft and uh, Disney and Universal yeah. and all of those, then it becomes about power. Oh yeah, and you know, so then it all of a sudden is has really has nothing to do with. Um, the economy at all. And and what people don't understand is that a company, if their stock price drops, a company can buy back their stock to make it go up. Yeah. 
And that's the sneaky thing they don't tell you. That is like, that is crazy. It's robbery is what it's, it is. It's, yeah, it's totally robbery. And, you know, so they buy that stock back and they and the stock price goes up because demand goes up, right? And then the next day they sell all that stock at that higher price yeah. that they just bought. Absolutely. You know, it's, and- it's, it's a really it, – <sighs> It is a uh, if you don't know anything about the way that that works, it's very interesting. And I am not saying, um, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I don't know that I think it's a bad thing. I think that the American public has been shielded from knowing what it is. All the American Agreed. public says is, if I invest in the stock market, I'll make money, which, for the most part, is true. Pretty true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could buy some bad stocks, but um, it's accurate. Know. But if you yeah. let it, if you let it sit over time, the money appreciates in value, and that's what you have to do, right? You have to let it. You have to give it time. You can't. It can't be an overnight thing. People that do day trading, I, I mean, it's crazy, right? It's crazy, uh, especially now that computers are doing it. It's even more crazy. I don't know yeah. how. You know, where you buy a stock one minute and then you sell it the next because it went up. It, it's really crazy. Um, but I mean, I, I get it slightly, but we're getting into real nuanced like stuff yeah, about it. And true. there's no there's there's no good way of explaining it. Yeah, I think you're right. You're right. Where it's like it and nobody wants to listen to this. <laughs> We we are not an economics podcast. Yes, we just lost a lot of our audience because Jim went off on a tangent about the stock market. Look, no, no, no. But I agree with you. Like it does, it does have to sit. Like I think the easiest way for people to go about it: you have a hundred dollars, you have one hundred fifty dollars, two hundred dollars maximum. Go onto one of these, whether it's you know a TD Ameritrade or like Robinhood, throw it in there and check it once a quarter. Like oh yeah, don't look at it daily. Just oh. don't look at it because you'll cry. Like oh, I also at mine. I have a lot of Disney stock because obviously, if you are watching us on YouTube, you can see behind me why I have lots of Disney stock. <laughs> but I have lots of Disney stock, and like, like last year, I was just sobbing. If I had paid attention, that stock went so far down. I mean, I was like, I. <laughs> And I just oh, stopped watching it. Yeah. Because I, I was like, this is so painful. I am to losing like see so it. <laughs> I'm losing so much money right now and I can't pay, I can't pay attention. I can't. I can't. Oh man. What, what, did I your grandma always say? what did your grandma always say? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Oh my gosh. I can hear her saying it now. <laughs> Jeez. Ah. Oh, yeah. Also, just quick FYI, don't come here for your economics information, no. everybody. <laughs> we are not a trusted resource. We are not like, do not use that. Because I, I see the lawsuit coming and I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> these guys said, put your money. No, 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 economics oh no neither i mean neither am i the the great thing is my daughter in high school has to take a uh personal finances course she has to it's that's fantastic yeah yeah it's really great and because if she doesn't take it she doesn't graduate Ooh, good. so everybody has to take it which i think is fantastic 
she'll have much more knowledge going out into the world than I ever had. I, you know, ever. Now, let me ask you a question, because I found this out about some of my own students today. I'm assuming she does, but does your daughter get homework? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she does. It's on the computer. It's all on okay, the computer. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. All on the computer. And she hardly ever brings home paper, homework, right? And her really? books are no longer books. That's They're also just on, on the, the computer. computer. Now, in her English class, uh, if you call it – if you're listening and you call it English, I'm old. We called it English class. Um I think it's called a world literature or world something. I don't know. But she, I also heard language it, arts. Yeah, language arts. Yeah, yeah. And um, if she has a novel that they're reading, she will get a physical copy of the novel. But um, I have not seen a math book or a science book at all this year. And she's taken algebra two and chemistry. So wow. they're just gone. They're just gone. I found out and, today. Go ahead. Sorry. And it makes sense. If, I mean, it's yeah, a lot it does. cheaper. It's a lot cheaper to put it online than it is to publish all those books. Oh yeah, like both people are doing way better. the The publishing company doesn't have to put out as much as many books, and it's actually cheaper for the school to just agree with a licensing agreement for with the That's publisher. Right. And That's right, way easier. It's, it's better for everybody. You know, colleges need to step up to that. Because I know that you still have to buy yeah. books for college. Um, you know, and I, it's only for like – so I'm like still – I'm about to finish my master's degree. But it's really like only for certain classes where it's like right. I music have to history. get a textbook. Music history? Oh, Are you using – did you use grout for music history? Was it grout? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I still own my grout. I still have my Me grout too. book. And yeah. it is amazing. It's amazing. It is boring. <laughs> so dry and so boring. They could have made it at least a little interesting. <laughs> something. Like you got all the music history. Give us and, something. And really amazing personalities. Like, yeah, you know, amazing like, personalities. And you, and you're going to tell me that, all, oh, it's terrible. Grout is terrible. I'm sorry for all of you music, uh, you know, people studying music that have to use grout. Which is probably like nobody that listens uh, to this podcast because you know not. really if they have a college degree they're probably not listening to our podcast. <laughs> you know I, I don't know we don't know. No, you're I, right. You're right. You know, like you're right. I it was a like joke. We, may may not have landed well. <laughs> we I feel like we talk about enough serious things that people will be like, you know what? They bring up a valid perspective. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, the only thing I was going to say about the music, music history books is that like, they could put just even a few lines in there where it's like back in the day, this was like the number one hit, like on America's top 40 or on like something in there to be like, Oh, okay. This is a, this is something that I need to listen to. It's like some Gregorian chant or whatever. Yeah, Uh, exactly. And, and I, I will say that, um, because of my music history class, uh, I love opera. And it is directly because of my music history class, because I understood where it came from and why it was what it is and, you know, how it developed and such. And that is the only reason if I had not had music history, I probably would would not be listening to opera. I'll agree with you. 
Yeah. As like it, someone who like was a was a singer as their primary instrument, I 100% agree with you. I had so much of a greater appreciation for what opera is and what it became yeah. as opposed to like what I thought it was. Once I learned about where it came from and how it started, and I was like, oh, this was for the people. Like, right. This was right. for the people. Like, Correct. all the common folk in there, yeah. people who had no money, they're like, no, nah, I'm going to go see the opera. And yeah. Mozart's The Magic Flute was specifically written for that tavern or club or whatever that he would attend and play his music at. And it was a yeah. rowdy, it was a rowdy group of people. It was not the aristocracies that they always portray it being, right? Um, and uh, he wrote it for them, not for the aristocrats. Absolutely. Right? I mean, a yeah. lot in a lot of those early shows, they they make fun of the aristocracy. Totally. Like totally. they're poking fun at them. Yeah. Now I will say this. If you are going to the opera to look for a deep meaningful story you might look someplace else because not all those stories have a lot of meat on them you I have agree. to agree with me wesley no not i agree all not I, all, I and that's agree. not to say that there aren't good stories out there i think the ring cycle is amazing right i think that you know mozart was very careful at making sure his story was told you know, complete. Um, but there's also other ones that I have seen that I went, what? Huh? What's going on? Yeah. What? Look, they're all, they're not all hits. <laughs> they are not. They are not. But there really are some out there where it's like, oh, this is really, really beautiful. Oh, and just because it doesn't have a deep storyline doesn't mean that that music isn't breathtaking. Yeah. Um, like it's the not, first, that's not it at all. The first time I watched a ballet was in college, and it was on YouTube. And I was—I forget it was uh, Stravinsky, and I forget what piece it was. Was it Rite of Spring? Probably Rite of Spring. Yes, it was Rite of Spring. Actually, yeah. Yeah. And I remember I had never seen fully like a story told through ballet, but a story where I completely understood everything that was going on. Where I was like, yeah. "Oh wow, this yeah. is a deep dive." Right. Well, the Nutcracker is a perfect example of that, right? And um, when I think when people look at the Nutcracker, they look at it as a very pretty, fun, sweet, yeah. you know, thing. But when it was written, um, it was serious, and those different dances and those different characters uh, were representative of society and things yeah. that were going on. And so, um, you know, but now we just see it as a pretty Christmas time story right yeah, it's just you know, a pretty story and that's what kind of makes me sad about opera we're still telling the same stories we are but we are still living the same stories agreed yeah i I, I, the same stories. I think there just needs to be a like a modern interpretation of them nowadays and put them in a world where people understand and where it's like oh wait Wait, this is happening like right now in the world, right? You know? Right, and then people can understand that. Yeah, Broadway has gotten good at that. Broadway yeah. is beginning to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. really have started realism and um, truth is is really making its presence known on Broadway. So yeah, I agree. That's that's um, you know from an art standpoint, 
we are what are we talking about I don't know. we're talking I don't about know. stuff that that people are gonna be like why are they talking about this i i don't know i really wish i had an answer for you but I don't. Yeah, such it just shows what kind of geeks we are right no we're i just, agree we're just nerds speaking of broadway i did want to share something with you that i was really excited about so oh not that show this show Eight track, whatever oh, this yeah. one, yeah, 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 whatever that show. Yeah. Eight track that's on yeah. the back right there. Yeah, um, it was nominated for a Nana Kudi Jeff Award, and it was nominated for best ensemble and best production. And nice. um, shout out to my two castmates in there. Uh, Mia Navarez was nominated for I think best supporting, if I remember correctly. I apologize, Mia, if that's not the nomination. I apologize. And uh, Patrick, Patrick. Oh, God, Patrick, I'm so sorry. I forget your name. I want to say O'Keefe, but I'm not going to offend you. Uh, so Patrick um, was also Patrick nom- O'Keefe's out there just just turned off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. Yeah, that I'm so awesome, Wesley. So Congratulations. That's like, great. And for you, really you were cool. part of that. You were yeah, part it was that. really cool. Like That um, is so awesome. And yeah. I just saw that you are in the cast of another show. You posted on Facebook Which a show? cast picture. Yeah, what pe- What were you – you were doing something else. Did I not see that right? Did I? Oh, we're talking about Children of Eden? No, well, I know you did Children of Eden, but I thought you also had uh, just recently um, were cast in a different show also. No? Am I wrong? No, no, no. I don't think so. Because the last show I did was was Rent. And uh, usually January, February. Um, oh, I know it's like dark for most actors already, but yeah, normally yeah. it's like a, we're, we're working throughout the entire year. It's like, look, if it's already dark, I'm just not going to do anything. Like, yeah. it's very rare that I even audition for stuff during these months because it kind of sets me up for the rest of the year where it's like, oh, let me like plan out life and like things around this stuff, you know? Um, so, so you know how we're gonna we're gonna wrap this back around. You know how we talked about at the beginning how social media is not real connection. Yeah, that oh, may yeah. have that may have been a post that you posted before Children of Eden started. And I, I didn't believe really that. look closely. I didn't look closely enough at it to pay attention. Yeah, but, I believe that. But because you know you see things from months ago yeah. on your timelines, and so um, I didn't. You know, and sorry to say, I didn't pay that close of attention to it. It just caught my eye, and I was like, "Oh, nah, that that's not like a huge deal or anything." Um, I'm excited for like Children of Eden to live stream. Um, it'll oh. be coming out hopefully in a couple months. Honestly, that's amazing. I was kind of I was kind of listening to some of the like behind the scenes stuff that he that the producer recorded, and you know the vocals and everything, and that sounds really good. Like. <laughs> It's really good, so I can't even yeah. like be mad about it or anything. It's just what an incredible opportunity to share the stage with like some oh, really, really absolutely. great stars. Yeah, um, some amazing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. I, so, I get it. I totally get it. So on the lighter side of things. Yes. Yes. Let's lighten this up. We're at the end of the podcast and everybody has dropped off already. So we might as well make it light now, right? That's true. Um, yeah, why not? Yeah, you know, why not? We're, yeah. I was going to say, uh, let me go ahead. You you say what you're going to say first. Well, now I don't remember what I was going to say. Okay. I apologize. No, but you I have to apologize at all. I have that's, news that's to my share. 54 year old, 54 year old. Bro- oh, wait, news. News. 
This summer, I'll be traveling to Italy to sing some musical <gasps> theater. Nice! Yes. How exciting is that? I'm so excited. It's going to be so much awesome. fun. Yeah. Um, I've been working with this really fantastic guy, and he's just an incredible vocal coach. And he's transformed my what I thought I could do with my instrument to something that I feel like I've unlocked a new superpower. Like it's so incredible the things that I can do now. Whereas beforehand, I only thought I could really do one thing really well. Right. Like now I'm auditioning for things that are completely different. And he's also helped me from a teaching perspective as well. Like for 10, 10 years, I trained as a baritone and like, that's (laughs) what I thought I was. And yeah, it really wasn't until like this last year that my voice just, it wasn't, it didn't agree with it anymore. And like transitioning to tenor has been, it's scary. Like it was incredibly scary because you train as one thing for so long. And as a singer, like, you know what you're good at, you know, and then having your own, your own voice and body tell you, yeah, that's not what you do anymore, bro. Like we just don't do that. And well, what is it? It's it's like the male voice doesn't really mature until your thirties. Yeah, really. that's accurate. And and so, um, whereas a, a woman's voice matures mid twenties, um, so some a little really, bit older, but it depends yeah, on voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it depends on voice type and you know all of that. But it does not surprise me that this is happening. Yeah, honestly, it does yeah. not surprise me because I. Um, uh, you know, I'm always amazed at what my voice does now compared to what it used to do. I'm like, I never dreamed I would ever be doing this. Right. right? So who is your, vo- who's your vocal coach? I need to, well, let's give a shout out. So, oh, sh- uh, yes. Huge shout out to David Fiorello. Um, fantastic guy, like truly first off, wonderful human being, like just a great person overall in general. Um, and also, He's doing, he has this beautiful company that uh, he, you know, he's the artistic director for. And like it's his company that he started called the Beautiful City Project. And shout out to our mutual friend, Lydia Burke, actually, who put us in contact. So big shout out to Lydia. Thank you, Lydia. Truly. Yeah. First off, Lydia, you're a godsend. Like, if you don't see Lydia perform, you're missing out, people. You are missing out, people. This lady, Oh. And not only sang, she can act. She got it all. She got it all. You know, uh, Chicago is lucky she's still in Chicago. Facts. Honestly. Facts. Honestly, because she she is one of the few people that I have worked non-equity with that I honestly believe could go to Broadway right now. Yeah. And I think, one the, I think one it's – One of the few people. And she just keeps getting better, Wesley. I know. <sighs> It's just within so the next year or two, she's not going to be here. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. And I know she wants to stay in Chicago. Like when I've talked to her, she said she wants to stay. When we did Ragtime, we talked about it. And and she was like, no, I really would like to stay in Chicago. I, I just don't see I don't it. I don't see it. I, I, don't see it. I think someone's going to snag her and be like, 
You're going, lady. Got to. Like, got to. That that woman is. It deserves to be on the on life. Yeah. She can sing opera. She can sing pop. She can sing classic Broadway. She, I mean, she got it all. She's yeah. amazing. She's. Amazing. I haven't heard something where she sung where I'm like, ah, like that's not your strong suit. I and like I'm nitpicking, and I never. I'm like, nah, girl. Like she's she's got it and. Yeah. It's a joy to watch when you see like someone really like specifically master their craft at the highest levels. Yeah. It really is a joy to yeah. watch. Like yeah. it's a joy to watch the whole product come out. And the and other like, thing that I love about Lydia, you're exactly right. The other thing I love about Lydia is that she is an amazing human. Yes. She, there is not. If she was an asshole, it would be so much easier to hate her. Yeah. It, Don't she, hate her, but you're a great person. <laughs> That's right. There's no arrogance. There's not an ounce of arrogance. There's not an ounce of I'm better than you. Nothing. She yes. is an amazing human being um, and amazing to work with, supportive, caring, co you know, worker on the stage, uh, very giving on the stage. Um, you know, really, yeah. really quite stunning, R- really stunning. And you know what I have found in my ancient body, all my years of doing theater is that when I go to an audition, the people that are trying to convince me that they're good are not the people I'm worried about. I'm worried about Wesley sitting in the corner, just doing his thing, just sitting there waiting to go in. Right. I am not worried about the people that are trying to talk themselves up. And I understand some of that is nerves. Uh, I get that because yeah. right? I I'm a, I'm a talker, too. So I get that. But um, it's the person in the corner. It's the quiet person in the corner just going about their business. And that's yeah. who she is. That's who she is. She doesn't have to. She doesn't feel like she has to do that because when she opens your her mouth, you're like. You know, yeah. It's really? it's a, really? an incredible thing to just yeah, yeah. like okay, sharing I'm, sharing the stage with her is great. Enough of your yeah. flowers, Lydia. We've given you enough. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, and my Venmo is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what you are so, Mr. Fiorelli. Is who you're Fiorello? Yes. Fiorello is who you're taking voice from, and he has a company. Yes. What, so his, called, what does his company do? The, it's called the Beautiful City Project, and um, they partner with these organizations around, like the Chicagoland area, um, and they help raise uh, funds actually for these organizations to do what they're doing. Um, I love and that. It literally, it's a concert that, like, I can't remember exactly what the the proceeds go to, but all the, basically all the, the the tickets ticket proceeds, if I remember correctly all go to the company. Like, so they just put on a concert with like some of the best people that I've seen in Chicago. Like all of them just somehow interact or I've seen them or I've met them through these events and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you start seeing the same faces over and over and over and over again, where it's like, Oh, wait, whoa, 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 hold on. Like, this is how you did it. Oh yeah. You did this. Oh, you're moving here. Oh, we're doing that. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, um, they're having an event, I believe, on like February 27th for Black History Month, 
which is nice. something I love, actually. I love that. You know, are you, everyone, are you a part of it? Yeah, uh, I am. Thankfully, he asked me to do it, which is super cool. And it's all gospel music. Like, it's called The Gospel Truth, and it's literally a Black History Month edition. And it's a beautiful, cool. like, it's 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 something that I think could be, like, franchised out in every other city. You know, the you arts know? are so healing and so necessary and so human right i think because we go we watch tv so much we forget that it is a human experience and the reason that people love going to the movie theater is that it's a shared experience yeah the reason people love going to the theater is because it's a shared experience and that is healing it's healing yeah that's why i think like when people don't let their emotions show when they're like in the theater, whether it's movie or like on the stage or something along those lines, you're taking away from that shared experience, you know, like totally. totally. When I go see a show, I make sure if I see something funny, that it's even funny. to me. I'm laughing. Oh, so am I. Like, I'm probably the loudest laugher in the, in the room. Almost always. I'm almost always the loudest one. I yeah. haven't shared the room with you though, Wesley. So we, it was we really only ragtime where our castmates were like, Shut up. <laughs> well, the problem was, Wesley, was that we were backstage doing it. I think that yeah, was that's more true. the problem. Because in the green room, we didn't do it as much. No, I think, you know, we have to raise the stakes. Like, I we got to raise totally, the stakes. Totally. Totally. You know? I totally agree. I I, I agree completely. No, that's, <laughs> that's, and I'm, I'm so glad that you're a part of that, um, that concert. That is awesome. That's great. It's, and I'm so glad that he's been able to take you to a new place it's vocally. It's really different. Like singing now, I think when you go to music school, sometimes you lose the joy. I agree with that. And that's I like a real that. thing that it, we don't it talk work. about. Yeah, it exactly. Works. It becomes where work. You find out, and that's where you find out that it's work. Yeah. Right? That's the place that teaches you this is work. Yes, you can love it, but it's work. Yeah. Yeah. And after after I had like graduated from my undergrad and stuff like that, I it didn't feel as joyous anymore. Cause I think I didn't realize I was like this is supposed to be fun. Like now it's work. Um yeah. and now it's kinda like it's not that I didn't have the joy for it beforehand. It's I remember that every time I take a stage, I'm supposed to be having fun. Like, I'll never forget a wonderful soprano I heard um, her words when I was in my undergrad, uh, Yvonne Trope. Shout out to her, because she's going to have, this girl is worldwide. Like, I'm glad to have known her and nice, nice. shared a small snippet of her yeah. career. Like, her journey yeah that's yeah awesome. that's awesome um, she's she's really really just a wonderful human being and on top of that a spectacular singer and i'll never forget the words that she said to me she said when that was the first time i think i booked like an ensemble role in like one of the shows that we were doing and she told me she was like remember this is supposed to be fun i'll never forget that like that's something i will never ever forget and that yeah the musical, the musical journey that we all take is so long that sometimes we forget those little nuanced things. But that's we one thing I'll never it. forget. Like yeah. this is supposed to be fun. It's called a play for a reason. 
Yeah, you're supposed to go up there and play and enjoy it. That's right. That's right. That's exactly That's right. why I literally created this behind me. Like, I wanted to remind myself, yeah, it's work, but it's fun. Like, it's fun work, you know? Right. And that's really right. how, like, I fell back in love with the arts again. Like, yeah, I've awesome. fallen back in love with it. Well, you know, my – if I had – if if I had my way and could just do it the way I want to do it, I would do nothing except have a small combo – piano bass drums and sing american standards all day oh god all day it is it is my joy it is ecstasy to me and when people see me do it they're like you are a different human being like there is something about you that changes and i'm like it's because it's my joy yeah that is the one thing that it is to me it's just pure joy sharing it and singing it and that wonderful music um you know those wonderful melodies and words and i just love all of it i just love all of it so you can play so much more as an artist in that in those intimate spaces and with like a combo yeah there's so much more room for play and it makes it so much more enjoyable for the audience oh yeah it's there's so much freedom and and in those pieces especially because of their structure because they are structured of, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, or, you know, they're ABA or they're, you know, AB or they're, you know, whatever they end up being. Right, um, right, right. They also allow you a chance to play while you're performing it, right? Yeah. They give you a chance to to add your own flavor um, in those repeated choruses, right? Yeah. Um, Or if it goes back, right, you you have a lot of those pieces, um, go back and repeat. And so you, you know, you can play with where are you coming back in and what, who's playing and what are they playing and what, what is this break? And I just, it's just, it's just joyful to me. It's just joyful. And I know, I know singers that would be like, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to do that. True. And I'm like, that's okay. You don't have to, I, I not required. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to love it as much as I do. That's a, it's my thing. It doesn't have to be yours. Just like you, right. you are classically trained. I I took yeah. classical voice. Like I took, I trained classically when I was in college and learned technique and stuff. But I'm not a classical singer, and I was never going to be a classical singer. That's not what I do, right? And it's not. Yeah. It just isn't. You know, but it doesn't lessen that other people do. Right, and, and I think and that's other people don't yeah. look down on me because that's what I love to do. Right, right? yeah. It's, it's it's a you know everybody is it's when you find your thing, when you find your thing. Yeah, you just keep doing it, and that's oh, gonna yeah. like bring you some real so joy. Great. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah. And okay. Well, that just went in a totally wild. This was crazy. a this was a you know a different episode. We talked about. A lot of music, a lot of nuance in music. A lot like, of music. Yeah. M- musicians will be like, oh, yeah, this is for me. Yeah. And the yeah, economists will be like, burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. And, uh, you know, we started out with talking about my anxiety and my, you know, and then we, we totally, we went all over the place. We talked about the stock market, for God's sake. I mean, yeah. I mean, we talked about everything. And this is why you tune in to do guys. That's right. That's that's exactly why. 
because no plan, no script, just two guys just talking two shit. Guys talking shit. Uh, exactly I love it. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. All right. Well, listen, Mr. Clerge, uh, I think it's time for us to sign off. Um, have yes. a wonderful week, whatever you've got, you know, two weeks, whatever you got going on. Um, keep me posted Not so the- that I know. <laughs> oh, I have one last final thing to share, and then I'm oh, out. Yeah. I promise yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, minus the HOA fees, I had another black ass moment, like oh. that. I just wanted to share with you. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Wesley Anthony Clerget's black ass moment. We said this so, was going to be a thing. This, was yeah, like, <laughs> I, it's, it has to be now. It has to be a thing. So I had this black ass moment where I was just. Minding my own business. So I told you about the story where um, I was driving down the street and I visited the houses and I was like, I have to do the speed limit, right? Yes. Yeah. Continuation kind of on those lines, right? So I'm driving in my my own car, which is nothing fancy. It gets me from point A to point B. I don't understand why people have fancy cars because it's going to take you the same amount of time to get to where you need to go anyway. Exactly right. Like I would never buy a plane. What for? Like what's 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 the purpose? I still have to travel. There's no there's the no getting out you, of it. The purpose is that you have lots of money. But Do something like, better. Yeah, exact, <laughs> thank you. Like, Make a better do choice. better. Make a better choice. Yeah. Okay. So black ass moment. All right. Yes. Black ass moment. So I was I live in a predominantly Spanish neighborhood. Oh, okay. And most of the time, people like will presume I speak Spanish, right? Because I look very Dominican. Absolutely. Which, I mean, makes sense, right? Like, absolutely makes sense. However, I like dressing like this for the most part. And so usually, like, my outfits coordinate or complement each other and things along those lines, right? And I was walking through an area, and after I had gotten out of my car from driving, and I was walking through... And I realized everyone kept looking at me, not because of what I was wearing, but I think because of the colors that I had on. And that's where I was like, are colors a thing for gangs in Chicago? Because I truly don't know. Oh. So I didn't know if I was doing something where had, that would put me in a dangerous situation or if I'm just out here trying my best <laughs> to look okay right okay and that's what did i remember you find out did you find out no I, I i don't know i don't know but i remember after like having that that thought because it's like where first off where i was going was not necessarily the best area i was just exploring like i don't know a lot of the city so i just yeah. go around and explore when i have free Absolutely. time so i can learn Absolutely. things there's and some like great neighborhoods. Where I'm, great right, neighborhoods. exactly. So I'm just kind of walking around and I'm like, this is not a situation that I should be in. <laughs> like, I should, I should leave. I should leave immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking all of this in my head. And as I'm thinking it, I just start like taking, taking shit off. I'm just like, you know what? I'm stripping down, important. baby. It's not that serious. <laughs> like I I'm put stripping my, down. Like it's really not that serious. 
That's but that was my black ass moment. That was a black ass thought that it. I had where I was I like, I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I will tell you, yes, colors matter. See, that's colors I, matter. That's that's a real and, thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. And um, I I don't think that they would have mattered with you unless you were like really showing colors. Like there is yeah. a difference between you wearing your red hat and your whole upper half being red. Right. That's there's true. A, right. There's yeah. a big difference between that, uh, between those things. But um, and anybody, anybody that spoke to you, Wesley, would be like, "Oh no, you're not." You're, no. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> and I think it's because of like how I grew up with my brother, and my brother was in that life. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and that was something where it's like that was a real conversation that he had with me when I was a kid. He was like. Kilo, don't turn out like I did. We need to have that. That's a topic for another day. We're going to table that because I want to talk about that. That's a real table that. Yeah, that's a real thing. And I think we should talk about it because I think, um, you know, I need to understand that as a white person. Yeah, it's right. And so I, I need to hear that. So that we definitely need to talk about that. Well, listen, we are well over our 45 minute allotment. That is true. Yes, we are. Uh, I am Jim, one of your co-hosts of Two Guys Talking Shit. I'm Wesley Anthony Clerget. Mr. Spangler, it has been an absolute pleasure. And absolute. I'm so glad your daughter's okay. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And it has been a pleasure. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that you find you need it more than you think you do. Absolutely, my friend. Yeah. All right. We will talk to you all later. <laughs>